You've tuned into His Name Ministries podcast. I want to I want to preach about you know as a believer as a son and daughter of God. God has given us even though Jesus won the victory for us over 2000 years ago when he was crucified on the cross, not just that but raised up from the dead. He won the victory for us, but that doesn't mean the enemy might not try to throw some things against us. It is what it is. You know, you can go through this life and think, you know what, I'll never have any problems. I'll never have any temptations. Everything will be good. I'll always be happy. But a lot of you know that's not the truth. There is things the enemy may try to throw against you even using your friends, your family situations, and you're saying, what in the world is this? And it's the devil, even though he's defeated, he will try, he'll try to get a place in your life. And so many people I know, they say, oh, Brandon, I have these thoughts sometimes, and I'll have these uh, ungodly thoughts. And I say, yeah, I sometimes have those too, But it's just like a bird flying over your head. Don't let that bird come and make a nest in your hair. Say, devil, you are a liar. And just like the word of God says, you take captive of every impure thought. And you say, this is not my thought. I'm not thinking this. Satan, demons, you are defeated. Leave me alone in Jesus' name. But there has been, there is weapons that God has given us. One of the most, the most powerful weapon is the Word of God. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we even see where Jesus, when he came down on earth, he lived a perfect life for 33 years. And it says Jesus was tempted with every temptation, just like you. He went through everything. And we see Jesus in a time, in a a real tough time, and how for 40 days and 40 nights, he's in the wilderness. He's not eating. He's, he's, He's not drinking, and he's there, and the enemy comes after him to tempt, to tempt him. And we see what Jesus does. Jesus is literally, after 40 days of not, of not eating, you're on a fast, your body literally breaks down. And I've heard people, I haven't done a 40-day fast. I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. I've done a three-day fast. And then I blew it by going to Vincent's Spaghetti. But I got tempted. That's the truth. It was a birthday party. I said, you know what? I was there for a little bit. Brandon, you're not eating? You're not eating? I said, forget it. Pass it over. I'm eating. But after 40 days... I've heard your body starts breaking down and an intense hunger happens where you need food and you don't care. Your body knows it needs it and it gets to like kind of, you get ferocious. I need food because if you don't have it, you're not going to survive. So the devil comes up to Jesus and says, hey, you know, starts giving him scripture, starts quoting Jesus scripture. The devil can quote scripture quotes Jesus' scripture, and Jesus says this, it is written. And Jesus goes back after the enemy with a weapon, and the weapon was 
the word of God. So that's a weapon you and I, as believers, need to know and use daily the word of God. It is a weapon against the enemy. That's why it's so important you're in the word daily. That's why it's so important it's not just a Sunday morning thing and a Wednesday thing. But it's a daily thing where you get in the word of God and you say, Holy Spirit, show me what I should read today. And he'll show some things to you and you'll use that against the enemy. Just recently I was in the word and I was praying and I was reading about the Lord. And I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to read? What do you want me to to see? And I was reading out of the Passion Translation. And this is what just stuck up to me. It was this. The Lord was talking about how he takes care of the birds, how he'll take care of us. How much more valuable are we than the birds? How Solomon was, he was clothed in this magnificent clothing, but even the flowers are more better than Solomon and their clothing, and they just wither away, and how the flowers don't toil, they rest in God. So I'm just, I'm reading that. And then in the Passion Translation, it says this. The Lord says, I will never lose my grip from your life. And that just stuck out to me. And that comforted me right there. I said, you will never lose your grip upon my life. When the devil tries to come against me, the enemy tries to come against me, I say, devil, you are a liar because I am in the hands of Jesus. And it says in his word, he'll never lose his grip from my life. That's why the word of God is so important. That's why the word of God is a weapon against the enemy. But I want to focus on another weapon that we have. And I want to preach about this this morning. And it's this. Praise is a weapon against the enemy. When you worship God, that also is a weapon. And things happen when you worship and praise God. Amen? And it's so key that we spend time in worship. The enemy hates it when you worship God. He can't stand it when you worship God. The enemy, the devil, he's not, he doesn't know what you're thinking. He doesn't know your heart. God knows your heart. But the enemy doesn't know, and the whole time he's looking around and he's looking at you. And the way that he can uh, see how you're doing is by how, what is coming out of your mouth. He's watching you. But if we are people of praise and worship, and the enemy's looking, saying, you know what? They shouldn't be doing that. How is this possible? He's trying to locate you, and that's why it's important that we live a lifestyle of praise and worship. One thing I don't like is I meet a lot of ministers and and preachers, and they always tell me at certain places how the enemy is so strong there. And demons are the so powerful, and they see these crazy stuff. And I'll and destiny will tell you, I never want to talk about what the devil's doing. I never want to talk about what he's doing in so and so's life. And they tell me all that, and I say, I don't say nothing, because the devil is a loser. He has no power over us. We serve Jesus. He lives inside of us, and greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. I don't want to hear about all that. But worship 
as a weapon against the enemy. David wrote, the Holy Spirit through David wrote in Psalms chapter 22, you are there, God, where the praises are. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. So literally when you're at your house, literally when you're in the car and you're in some traffic, you have your worship music going on, you're worshiping God, it says God is there. Brandon, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like he's there. He's there. You don't go by your feelings. You go by what the word of God says. And David lived this lifestyle. He lived a lifestyle of praise and worship. And it says in the Bible that David had a heart after God. Even when David made mistakes, you see him right away retreating and spending time worshiping God night and day. Wasn't just for people on Sunday morning to see and Wednesday night, but it was a lifestyle that he lived. So much so, the Ark of the Covenant came came into town. David sees it. King David, he's the man, right? He sees it. He goes down and he worships God, takes off his jacket. He starts getting loose, starts taking off his shirt. He is worshiping God with everything he had. Why? Because the presence of God was there. The Ark of the Covenant had the presence of God in there. And now guess what? We are the ark. We have the presence of God in us. But David sees it. He doesn't care about the status that he has. He doesn't say, oh, I'm a king now. I can't do this. People watch me. I have to act all stoic and proper. No, he sees the ark. He gets down and he worships God with all his might. And his wife looks out and sees him And she did not like it. And it says she despised him in her heart. She despised David's worship. It wasn't her. It was the enemy working through her. And that enemy despised David worshiping God. And it says from that moment on, she was barren. She didn't produce any more fruit. No more kids. I can, your life, your life, if you want more fruitfulness, if you want to be more used by God, if you don't like where you're at right now, I would encourage you to spend time worshiping God. I've known people and powerful men and women of God, and there's always this foundation, there's always this layer, they spend hours a day Worshiping God. That's the key right there. That's the key. A lifestyle of worshiping God and using praise as a weapon against the enemy. And the devil hates it when you praise God. Because when you're in worship, when you're praising God, you're in faith. You're believing God. You're not getting discouraged and getting in a corner and saying, you know what, it's not happening for me. No, when you're worshiping God, when you're praising God, you're in faith and you're saying, God, you are moving on my behalf. God, you are here where your praises are. 
And I want to tell you a story. This is a funny story, but when I, growing up, you know, I, uh, in kids' church, you meet all different types of kids. And I remember there's this one kid, and his name was Cole. And this kid knew the Bible. You talk about a little kid that knew the Bible, this kid. We would do the sword drills. Do you guys know what sword drills are? They would tell, you know, give out a random scripture, and there would be one versus one. He would always get it. And he knew the Bible. He could quote you the Bible. And I remember going, you know, growing up with this kid and in kids' church, I would kind of, you know, have fun with him, like kind of mess around with him. And during the prayer time, he would, we'd be praying, and I'd be opening my eyes, looking at him. And then after they would say amen, he would go, excuse me, Brandon had his eyes open during prayer. I would do it just to mess with him. And the teacher would say, how do you know? You had your eyes open too. So I would do little stuff like that. He knew the Bible really good. Like, it was amazing. And we would play this game in kids' church, and it was called Scripture Scramble. You guys know what that is? It's this Velcro wall, and they would put... All, they put a scripture there, these little pieces, a big one word, two words, had all the words of the scripture, and they would mix them all up, and you had to turn your back like this and look at the teacher, and they would say, go, and you turn around, and you see the scripture, and you have to put it into place exactly what the scripture is supposed to say, and then once it's ready, you, you quote the scripture, and the teacher says, good, you won. So, like, for instance, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I would, I would do it, and it would say this, I need a shepherd, and I want. <laughs> and, with the, and I go through the, you know, the, the valley of the shadow of death, and the enemy is there. I would mess it up, and I would say, no, this is it. I would say, Psalms 23, uh, I had a shepherd, and I wanted. And, uh, and the teacher says, no, no, Cole would beat me every time. He knew the scripture. But we went on a camping trip. And we went on this camping trip, and it was freezing. It was cold. We all go out as a kid's class overnight in Oklahoma, right on the lake, and it was freezing cold. Not California cold where it's 65 degrees. I remember we had ice on our tents. No one had heaters besides one guy. And I made sure to get, try to get into that tent. And I did. I had to work. You know, hey, it's good to see you. It's been a long time. Hey, can I sleep in that tent? He had the heater. But I remember we're there, and there's Cole, and he had this big piece of wood, huge. And he made it into a big stick. And he's walking around with it, and he had this stick, and he's just hitting it in his hand like this. And I said, what are you doing with that? What is that stick? And he said, this is my whooping stick. I said, a whooping stick? He said, just in case I have to whoop you with it. He told me that. <laughs> I said, we're at kids. You know, you can act like you know the word and all that. You can, you can fool the teacher, but you're not fooling me. You just told me you're going to whoop me with that stick. He said, this is my whooping stick, just in case I have to whoop you with it. But just recently, I was in service and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me 
Brandon, worship is a whooping stick against the enemy. I said, I thought about that story. I hadn't thought about it in years. But it is a truth, just like Colt is whooping stick. Worship is a whooping stick against the enemy. When you worship God, when you praise God, you're getting out that whooping stick. And just like Cole, how he told me, I have this whooping stick and I'm going to whoop you just in case I need to. When you worship God, when you're in praise and worship, and when you use worship as a weapon, you are literally taking a whooping stick to the enemy. And you're saying, devil, you are a liar. A whooping stick against the enemy. Paul and Silas, in Acts chapter 16, you see this. You see him thrown into prison. Not just prison, but a supermax prison. And it says what they did. What do they do? Do they cry? Do they say, oh, God, why me? I'm hurt. I thought you called me, and now I'm going through this. No, it says they prayed unto God, and they sang praises. What did they do? They brought out a whooping stick against the enemy. And we know what happens. Earthquake happens. Everyone's set free. That jailer was going to take his life. Paul says, we're here. He gets saved. God moved. But how did it start? By praying and singing praises unto God, bringing out that whooping stick against the enemy. Using worship as a weapon is so vital. It's so key. Not just a Sunday morning thing, but a daily thing. Spending time in worship. Just this last week, we at our apartment, we had a, a real nice walk-in closet. And I made that into my prayer closet. I kicked Destiny out of there. No, she, I, I mentioned it. And then she said, let's do it. I don't really like my closet. I said, okay. So I have a prayer closet. I have a chair in there. have a table. Uh, you know how people have, like, guys will have pictures of motorcycles and stuff on the wall? I have some of my shoes that I like. Look, I can look at those. And I have my Bibles. I have some headphones. And it is my worship closet. So I'll go in there. And Destiny now says, I'm going to lock you in that room. So I'll go in there. I was in there late last night. What am I doing? I'm using worship as a weapon against the enemy. And it has to be, you have to be disciplined. You got to carve it out because the enemy will try everything he can do to make you busy where you don't feel like it. But as you carve it out, it comes, it, it starts out being disciplined, carving out that time with God, and then it goes out into a fully addiction where you have to go, where that's all you care about. Destiny, we go to we go to bed and I'll I'll lay there and have the pillow talk and all that. I'll tuck her in bed. Good night. Bless you. And I'll go. And she knows that. I'll go and I'll spend time with Jesus. He is my number one. And I'll, call, I'll make that time. 
If I'm tired, I don't care what I have to do, but I know that worship and spending time with God is a weapon against the enemy. You see Jonah in the word of God, he's supposed to go to Nineveh, and he left Nineveh from Joppa to Nineveh is 600 miles. And you know what Jonah says? Forget that. I'm going to Tarshish, 2,500 miles out of the way. The farthest you can go, he's saying, God, I don't want to do what you call me to do. I don't want to do that. So I am heading away. And we know this story, how he, he gets, you know, swallowed by the well. But you see something so, so powerful. You see him in the well's belly, and you see him repent and worship God. Using worship as a weapon against the enemy. What did he do? He took out his whooping stick, like that kid at camp told me I'm going to whoop you with it. And he started whooping up on the devil. And guess what? He went to Nineveh. The Lord spoke to the fish and says, you know what? Kind of like your car, your GPS. You miss a turn, recalculating, recalculating. When you worship God, when you spend time in praise and worship, maybe you're not on the path that you should be, but this is what's going to happen. Recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Your life will start being recalculated and you will be on the path God has for you. I know what it's like to be on the wrong path. Before I met Destiny, I had all these these ambitions, these desires. I want to do this, I want to do that. Never prayed to the Lord what I should do. And I was on a wrong path. But as I spent time in worship, as I spent time in praise, reading the Word of God, Little did I know, I was over here, but the whole time the Holy Spirit was going, recalculating, 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 until the night before I met Destiny, my grandma says, you're going to this, these meetings. I said, I don't want to go. Recalculating, and boom, the next day I meet Destiny. But it was the results of spending time in worship and using praise as a weapon against the enemy. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat, Israel, they're surrounded by three different armies, and they're going to take out Israel, and Jehoshaphat doesn't know what to do, but right away he proclaims a fast, and he seeks God, what can I do? In my own strength, there's three armies coming against us, we are going to die. There's no way we can survive. And the Lord gives him this plan. Here's the plan right here. Get the worshipers, not the soldiers, not the guys that's been trained, not the buff guys. Get the, get the worshipers in the back. Tell them to put the white robes on. Tell them to do the vocal warm-ups. Tell them to drink some throat coat. Get ready. Here's the plan. You bring the worshipers. Have them look at the army. Have them look at those three armies. And when they see them, start worshiping God. So could you imagine, here's these three armies all joined together to take out Israel. They're there, the baddest dudes. They look and they just see a bunch of worshipers. It's like, are you kidding me? These guys? Little skinny guy? But it says when they began to worship God... They completely started going against themselves, and they were completely slaughtered. 
But it all started as them using worship as a weapon against the enemy. That's what happens when you worship God. That's what happens when you spend time in praise and worship. In the spirit, things are happening. The the sword is going forth and things the enemy may be trying to throw against you. In the spirit, this is what's happening. That's what's happening. Things leave you when you worship God. Just the other night, I had a day, and I'm, you know, we're going throughout our day, and I just felt, I felt like, a, like an opposition. I felt a funny feeling. I knew it was the enemy. And I'm trying my, I'm praying, and I'm trying my best. We go out throughout our day, uh, not to give Destiny a sharp, you know, attitude or, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working on it. I could just feel that. And we go home, and I, I go to my table, and I start reading the word, and I start spending time in worship. I, I don't want to carry this. I, I, I know it's the enemy, and I'm taking my authority, and I'm, I'm worshiping God, worshiping God. And just after a few moments, probably like 20, 30 minutes, I felt that thing leave me. And it wasn't like I was, and next thing you know, I look at myself. It was like I saw myself, and I'm standing up. I was sitting down. I felt like, oh, okay, I'm there. And now I'm standing up, and I'm quoting scripture, and I'm confessing things over my life, and I felt a happiness. I felt like I just drank an energy drink. I said, glory to God. I am a man of God. I am a good husband. I am good looking. <laughs> Hallelujah. I could say some other things I won't. I won't give you the rest of my confession list. But I saw what praise did. It, it, it took me from that to boom. And that thing was broken. That's what happens when you worship God. And I want to share real quick three things that happens. There's a lot of different things that happen, but three things that happen when you worship God. Just like that song that we sing, you know, we may be surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how we fight our battles. They're speaking about worship. That's how we fight our battles You might be surrounded by bills. You might be surrounded by haters. But the way you fight your battles is worshiping God and spending time in his word. So three things worship does. Number one, it causes you to hear the voice of God in tough situations. It causes you to hear the voice of God in tough situations. David at Ziglag in 1 Samuel chapter 30, he comes back to his home with his men of his men of war, his brothers. They come back and guess what? The whole place is burned up. The whole place is destroyed. Their wives are gone. Everything is gone. But you see David, even his own men wanted to take out David. They wanted to kill David. They wanted to stone David. But you see a beautiful thing. You see David encouraging himself in the Lord. When no one else is around, when his wife isn't there telling him to do it, when his people, his friends around there weren't uh, telling him to do it, you see David by himself 
encouraging himself in the Lord. What is he doing? He is using worship as a weapon against the enemy. In verse 8, after him encouraging himself in the Lord, David said this, Shall I pursue? And the voice of God said, Yes, pursue, for you shall recover all. So you see David spending time in worship, using worship as a weapon. Then he asked the Lord, What shall I do? Shall I pursue? And the Lord speaks to him in a tough situation, Pursue. So it causes you, worship, spending time with the Lord, causes you to hear the voice of God in tough situations. That's a tough situation. Everything's gone. Your own men want to kill you. What do you do? And he heard the voice of God on exactly what to do. Number two, worship keeps you filled up. And I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. So spending time in worship keeps you filled up. As Christians, we need to be filled with Jesus. Not half filled with the world, half with Jesus, but we need to be full of the Spirit of God. Amen? So Ephesians 5, verse 16 Paul says this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The Passion Translation says this in verse 16, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Not your purposes, but his purposes. And it says take advantage every day. We cannot afford to let a day pass us by. Every day, take advantage. And it says this, verse 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now that is powerful. What is the will of the Lord for your life? It's going to tell you right here. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That word be filled in the Greek, it's a, it's a word that says be being filled. It's a continual thing with the Spirit of God. Don't be drunk with wine. But when someone's drunk with wine, it's because they had a lot. They're full of that alcohol. It causes them to be drunk. But we can be full, not with wine, but full of the Spirit of God. Where our natural senses aren't there anymore. Where we don't look at things like other people look at. We don't act like other people. Why? Because we're so full of the Spirit of God. We look at things differently. That's the way we are called to live. So worship keeps you filled up. So it says, be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. How many know this earth that we live in, your daily routines, there's things that try to suck from you, things that try to take from you. But we have to daily spend time in his word, spend time in worship, and get full of Jesus. 
And it says this. This is how we're going to do it. Verse 19, speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's worship. How are you going to be filled? How are you going to be filled with the Spirit of God? Keep being filled. How are you going to know what the will of the Lord is? By spending time in worship. That keeps you filled up. Daily. Daily. Hallelujah. Daily. And worship is going on in heaven continually. You might say, Brandon, I'm not, I don't really spend that much time in worship now. You better get used to it because in heaven, that's all that's going on. Around the throne of God, it's continual worship. I want you to look at this. Revelation, we, we sang about it this morning. Revelation chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse, chapter 4, verse 1, he says this, After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you these things which you much hereafter. And immediately, this is John, immediately he says this, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne, and he sat and he was he was he sat there and he looked upon like jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about him, and the sight like unto an emerald. So there is a rainbow around the throne of God. It's not the rainbow is not the homosexual movement. It is around the throne of God. They can try to pervert it and try to take it and try to hijack it, but that is a lie. A rainbow is around the throne of God. In verse 4, around about the throne there was 24 seats, and upon the seats I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. So we see there's a big throne. God's on the throne. Then around the throne, there is 24 thrones. And the elders are there. And what are they doing? Verse 8. And it says this, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, in verse 10, it says this, the 24 elders fell down before him. So they were on their throne. They were there with their crowns, but they fall down. They get off of their thrones. They fall down before the king of kings. And they worshiped him. And they said this, he that lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the Lord saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure 
They are and were created. So you see in heaven, they're continually saying, God, you are holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And you see the elders casting their crowns before the Lord. This is a beautiful thing about worship. When you spend time in worship, things that have been holding on to you are released. Things that you've been carrying are completely thrown away to the side. Or even your own selfish ambitions. Oh, I want to, I, I check my Instagram, I want all the likes, I want all the follows. When you spend time in worship, when you get down on your face, when you're spending time worshiping God, you are literally throwing those things to the side. Amen. Point number three, when you worship God, something happens. Darkness leaves you. Darkness leaves you. Just like me the other night, I was spending time in worship, spending time in the Word of God. I felt that thing just leave me like that. That's what happens when you spend time in worship, worshiping God. I want you to listen to this. 1 Samuel 16, verse 23, Saul had an evil spirit upon him, and Saul requested for David, and this is what he requested. He said, David has taken the harp, and he played with his hands, and Saul had refreshment and gladness, and the spirit of sadness have turned aside off of him. So Saul is, he has this spirit. He doesn't know what to do, but he requests David to come and play worship music. And it says, when David was worshiping God with his harp, it says that the sadness that Saul was experiencing left, and he had refreshment. So you see Saul before tormented, didn't have, he wasn't refreshed, he was sad, he was hurting. But as David worshiped God, using worship as a weapon against the enemy, you see the effects. It all left Saul. That's the key today. You might not be feeling the best. You might be dealing with depression. But as you spend time in worship, you spend time in his presence, you will be refreshed. You will be refreshed. That's the key right there. Using worship as a weapon against the enemy. I love that. Saul sending out David and saying, have him play for me. And when he played, God started to move. The anointing of God destroys every yoke. He was sad. Now he's glad. He had no rest. Now he's refreshed. That's what happens when you spend time in worship and you spend time praising God. You become refreshed. You have an energy. You're not sad anymore. And that is why it's so important that we live this lifestyle of praise and worship. Every day, the devil is a liar. But things leave 
when you worship God. Things start happening when you praise God. We are not called to carry any weights. We're not called to carry any burdens. Jesus took all the weights. He took all the burdens away from us. And one way those burdens and all those weights go away is when you spend time in worship. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Hallelujah. God is so good. Things have to flee. Things have to go. Using worship as a weapon against the enemy. Just put your eyes on him right now. You and you and Jesus, put your eyes on him. I love what, what it says in the Bible when Peter was speaking. He says he was speaking and the Holy Ghost fell on the people. I know the Holy Spirit, he's moving right now. He's, con he's confirming his word. And, I, and me praying about this, this service this morning, that's, that's what kept coming up to me. I was thinking about how the enemy tried to bother me that night and what I did and how it just left. And I, I feel like the, the Lord, there's people here and you're carrying things that you shouldn't be carrying. And there's, been, there's, there's someone in particular, it's like you haven't been able to shake it off. You said, Brandon, I've been, trying, I've been trying to, but I haven't been able to shake this off. You, maybe it's like a little funk, you know, you just don't know what it is. But today, that is leaving in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for checking out our podcast. For more information on His Name Ministries, check out our website at hisnameministries.com or check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Have a blessed day.